0: Hi, my name is Holly. I'm 73 years old. I'm a retired mental health nurse.
1: Hi, and my name is Don. I'm also 73 years old, and I am a retired marriage and family therapist, and we live in California.
0: We've been married now for 51 years and counting.
1: We have two great daughters and three outstanding grandchildren.
0: Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. curse Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see We could not, but she did And in the end What will I become? Senua Saga Hellblade 2
1: Play it now with Game Pass Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly.
0: So we met when we were 18 years old on the second weekend of our freshman year of college we met on a bus going from college to church and on the way we didn't really know each other but my friend becky started flirting with don and during church i decided well i wasn't going to let her just get away with all that so i started flirting with everybody on the way back and by the time we got to campus we decided we wanted to go out for pizza so there were six of us
1: the six of us but one guy had a car So uh, Holly and I got sort of together because we were the same height. I'm 5'8". And I'm about about 5'11". Becky, who I was originally flirting with, was actually quite short. So as it worked out, Holly and I got together. We went out and we had uh, pizza. And it was a pepperoni pizza. And I remember after the pizza, I said, you know, I think we ought to get some ice cream. And so we all went to a place to get ice cream and uh, Holly and I got banana splits. And when we were eating them, she dribbled a chocolate syrup (laughs) down her white blouse. And I thought, oh yeah, well, she's going to fit into my family really well.
0: (laughs) I was kind of shy and He tried to kiss me a few times on our first few dates, the first few weeks, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then the week we went to a concert at about six weeks together. And we'd been kind of hinting. I'd kind of hinted that I was maybe ready for that first kiss. And I knew he was ready. And So we were in the back seat of someone else's car. They were driving after the concert and I got in and he got in. And my story is he reached over and grabbed me and gave me a big first kiss.
1: That's what she remembered, but that's not what happened. So we were in the back seat of the car. And she was clear over on my side. I was getting in the car. I had one foot in the car and I had one foot on the pavement outside and looked over at her and she kissed me. (laughs) And then I got my foot in the door and shut the door. That's how I remember it.
0: (laughs) And then the I love you, again, we were just going to be together for a year. So I wasn't going to admit that I was in love with him until... We went to visit my parents in Michigan. Again, we were in the back seat of the car. And one thing led to another. And this was probably about February or March. And that's when he said, do you think that you could ever love me? And I said, I think I'm in love with you already.
1: So that's when we exchanged the I love yous. It really sort of hit us right then that we had invested a lot to each other We were actually pretty close. We'd had a great time together, and we were coming up to this event that was going to take us apart. And I said it, and she said it, and the world looked differently after that.
0: One of the things that was really a turning point for me in whether or not I wanted to marry this young, playful, adventuresome, immature guy was his family. A couple months in, we went to visit his family, and I fell in love with his family. He had the most amazing, warm, loving, caring family, and I didn't really have a relationship with my grandparents, and his grandmother called me Princess, and I'd never felt like a Princess ever, and so that that was a turning point for me, as I knew I wanted to be a part of that family, and I figured... He'd grow up someday.
1: And I did. I finally matured two weeks ago last Thursday. (laughs) When my family met Holly, they took to her like fish to water. Everybody really liked her. I knew my parents would like her. My grandmother, who was living with us, really liked her. There was a huge amount of extended family, and they just opened their arms and welcomed her and brought her into the inner circle of the family, just having met her for the first time. I'm really grateful for the family because that's probably what sold the marriage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My family didn't quite know what to do with Don. He thinks they didn't like him, but I think they liked him okay, They just didn't quite know what to do with this playful, creative, sometimes opinionated guy who didn't actually believe exactly the way they did uh, about some religious views. And I think they were kind of intimidated by him.
1: I guess looking back on it, I think they may have been a little startled when I met them. They were very quiet and sort of to themselves they were not outgoing like my family was, where we had a lot of laughter and a lot of stuff going on. They were just sort of quiet into themselves and didn't say much. So I, I really felt the difference, but I didn't feel like they disliked me. I just felt like, want, who is this guy? You know.
0: As Don mentioned, my family was not real expressive, and. His family was so loving, and he was so loving and so accepting of me and every part of me. He was able to bring out me when I was unable to express myself. I was afraid to really say sometimes what was bothering me, and he would be patient and he would listen. He had his opinions about stuff, but he loved me in a way that I'd never been loved before, both him and his family.
1: regarding the proposal, we were sitting on a blanket in the sort of the backyard area of the campus cafeteria, and I was beginning to be aware of the fact that this is May and that our year that we said that we were going to be together was coming to an end. And I thought, well, I'm not sure that I wanted that year to come to an end. And we had been talking about You know, well, maybe we'd talk about marriage a little bit or something, and we'd alluded to it. And so uh, in that moment, it was like in the middle of the afternoon, two o'clock, May the 5th, and it was a bright, beautiful day. And so I looked up to her and I said, will you marry me? And she looked at me and said, yes. And we were off and running. After we were married, we spent a few years in Kentucky, and I said to Holly, when we left Illinois to go to Kentucky, we're going to live on the West Coast. This is just a little side trip, because when I was three years old, or maybe four, my parents took a trip out to the West Coast, and when I saw it out here, I said, I'm going to live here one day, and I really got hooked into it. And then when I was like 11 years old, Disneyland had been open for a couple years. So my family, we took a road trip on Route 66 from Danville, Illinois to Los Angeles so I could attend Disneyland. And so I had this history of the West Coast. And so Holly knew when we were getting married, I said, someday we're going to live on the coast. So a job opening opened up for me. And we packed everything that we had in a U-Haul truck, including a car, a motorcycle, and a motorcycle trailer, and all of the goods that we had. We had a one-year-old daughter. Holly stayed with my parents until I drove the truck clear out to Los Angeles, and she flew out to meet me, and that's how we got to L.A.
0: And as Don mentioned, we arrived with a one-year-old daughter and a motorcycle, which we had loved riding in Kentucky. Beautiful country roads. We just loved it. But landing in L.A. in the middle of traffic, and who's going to get a babysitter to go for a a motorcycle ride? Plus, it just didn't seem real safe to be on a motorcycle in Los Angeles. So we sold our motorcycle, and we bought a washer and dryer. Talk about...
1: Domestic, uh, I I would after the, Holly and uh, Sue's were in bed, I'd go look at that washer and dryer, and sometimes I'd sit up on it and I'd go <laughs> ruddin', <laughs> ruddin', <laughs> ruddin'. Uh, yeah, it really uh, having children really changes your life. <laughs>
0: So once we had our two daughters, our first was born in Kentucky, our second one was born here in California, I stayed home um, with the kids. I was a traditional housewife, taking care of the kids, doing the laundry, doing the cooking, and Don was the breadwinner. And after a few years of that, It wasn't working very well for me. I'm a person that needs projects. I need to have a lot of things going in my life and doing the same thing over and over again wasn't working for me. I really got rather depressed and Don wasn't enjoying his job. So we decided to switch roles. So when our youngest daughter was a year old and our other one was about three, I went back to work at the hospital here in LA and Don stayed home and was house husband with the girls for several years.
1: Yeah, several years. I Actually, I didn't work full time again for a decade because we had made a commitment to our, our kids and we felt like that one of us needed to be home. We didn't want to um, f- uh, put them into daycare. We just felt like one of us needed to be home. And so I left my job. And came home, and during that time, you know, there weren't any stay-at-home dads. I remember really wanting adult contact. So I'd go to the grocery store, buy some groceries, and not buy everything I wanted so I could go back next day and talk to the checkout lady. So that was one of the things I sort of had to get used to. But I really got to know my daughter's and I still know my daughter, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything.
0: And I really feel that a lot of our daughter's success and who they are as people really is because of him spending that much time. Because I was more like, do this, do that, stand up straight, blah, blah, blah. He was more fun-loving and playful with them.
1: That was a really valuable time. I cherish that a great deal. And of all my successes, that's the one that I that I appreciate the most.
0: Well, the main thing for us is really the till death do us part promise that we made to each other. We have lived by that no matter what. And when we've gone through hard times, like one time when the kids were about maybe four and seven or something like that, I really got to a point where I was working and I wasn't really happy with my family, but I couldn't really talk about it. I didn't know how to tell him. And I finally woke him up in the middle of the night and said, I'm really unhappy. And he says, well, you know, what do you want to do about it? I mean, I was thinking I'd leave him and the kids and go off somewhere. I was just so unhappy. He said, I married you till death do us part. What do we need to do? Well, how can you walk away from that? Right? So... I said, I want to go to therapy together. And he said, okay. So we got a babysitter. We went to a therapist. And I cried for an hour. He shrugged his shoulders for an hour. And we got home. And I said, you know what? You stay home. Babysit the kids. I said, I'll stay in therapy. And it took me a few sessions to figure out what was wrong. And it was really simple. But I didn't know it. And it was just that I wasn't doing anything for me. I was working full-time, coming home, taking care of the kids, giving him a break, working full-time, coming home, taking care of him. And I just started taking a class, starting to do some things for myself. And I was much happier. I was much happier with my family. So when we've gone through things like that, we talk it through. We say we're going to do whatever it is we need to do. And we've hung out together
1: yeah, and, and one of the components that, that really speaks to our 51 years is that we have a high degree of trust. And we're best friends. And so um, some, if something needs to be talked about, we talk about it. And if we, if it means we have to stay up till 2 in the morning, that we stay up till 2 in the morning. So we are really committed to each other, and we have fun together, and with our history, and with the trust that's developed that's a really good basis for our marriage.
0: The other thing that's been really key is we mentioned how my family wasn't really much for talking. And when we'd been together just a few weeks, Don said something that offended me and I just clamped down. I just you know, kind of withdrew and he said, what's the matter? And I said, oh, nothing. Anyway, he sat with me for 45 minutes and said, it's okay, you can tell me what's wrong. And finally, when I was able to say what was bothering me, he apologized. He said, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. But I didn't know how to say what was bothering me. So about five years into our marriage, we actually took a marriage communication workshop at our church, and I learned how to start sentences with I, like, I would like for you to, or even to say things like, when you do this, I feel. Or would you consider doing this? I'd never put those words together in a sentence. And also, just from my part, I've spent many dollars and many hours on psychotherapy for myself, just learning how to find out what it is I wanted, how to speak up for myself, and how to, I've been a real take care of person, taking care of everyone else. And um, so that's always an ongoing struggle for me. And so learning how to take better care of myself and ask for what I want. And he's always been supportive of it. And so that's been a big piece of it too, that it's important to him that I get what I need and want. And it's important to me that he gets what he needs and wants. So if those are at cross opposite from each other, we just talk it through until we figure it out and keep moving.
1: I think I tuned into Holly and her needs were important to me because I came from a family in which I, I came from a family where I was important to them. I knew what it was like to be loved. And because I had that experience, I wanted her to be loved. And I wanted her to know she was loved. So my natural inclination then is to listen and to make sure whatever needs that she has that I can meet that I get to meet them and to hear her and it just it just seemed like I wanted her to be happy and I wanted to contribute to her happiness and so when we were sitting there just a few weeks after we'd met in the chair in the lounge and she couldn't say what she did. I just sat there and I just and would encourage her and we'd sit in silence. And then I would say something and we'd sit in silence because it was important for her needs to be put out on the table too. So I think probably that all stems from because I came from a very loving family.
0: Well, dancing has an interesting history for us. As I mentioned, we didn't have dancing at our wedding because it was against the religion that we grew up in. And when our daughter got married, by that time we had started taking dancing classes. We took Western dance, line dancing, and we took um, some swing dancing, and then we took ballroom dancing so we could dance at her wedding. We're going to dance our way through the rest of our life. And I also love that it's a fun thing. I mean, dancing is fun. (laughs) And that's part of why we're still together, too, because we've always had fun together. That's been a priority for us. Thanks for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It's created by John Cohen. Sound design by Kristen Osvedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Our Love Story is produced by John Cohen and associate produced by Ashley Hanna.